Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. And this is Devin Leary. My goodness, Devin, it's been a while. We took one week off because as you know, I was under the knife. I was getting surgery and I was recovering. How did that go? As well as could be expected, I'm now in a pink cast, pink and black because of some influences from my past being, you know, MGK, Avril Lavigne pop punk era that dominated my middle school years. MGK dominated your middle school years? I'm sorry, no, but currently he is picking up where good Charlotte left off. I can see that. I'm still attracted to him, which I'm kind of like, I'm just so sick of like who I like. I'm so sick of my taste in men. Your taste in men is hard to follow, to be honest. It's very all over the place. Yeah, well, it's hard when you like, haven't had sex in a while. Do you hear that Nick Cannon says he's going to be celibate until 2022? He made no, that announcement and it's like, babe, it's October. Yeah, there's only three I, months. I'm going to vow to be celibate until 2022 as well. He's very brave. He is very brave. But yes, I had to take a week off. It felt crazy long since Devin and I talk about our podcast every day, almost. It felt so weird. The mic is in front of me and yet still I feel like a rusty newcomer. And I was holed up. I was on very strong medication, as Devin can attest. Devin and I had a whole conversation when I got back to my house um, because she was there helping me out. And I recall almost none of it. It actually scared me that you recalled none of it because it seemed like a very like normal conversation. But it was mostly about Norm MacDonald and like how inspiring he is. So I guess maybe in reality, you don't think he's inspiring at all. But when you were high, you just decided to say the opposite. Yes, that sounds absolutely accurate. Because when you're saying this, I, I've never, he's never been a huge influence on my comedy. I think he's so funny. 
but the drugs took me into hyperbole. It's really hard withdrawing from opiates is something that I found out that most of the nation knows as, you know, there is an epidemic. Some uh, have called it the opioid epidemic. Have you heard? I've never heard of that. Okay. Well, basically it's um, all started with this family called the Sacklers. And I'm not going to get into it because I'll just be talking about the book I read, but I was literally finishing this book I read called Empire of Pain, all about the people who invented Oxycontin while coming off of Oxycontin, not because I was trying to be meta, but just because I was about to be done with the book and I was bedridden on Oxycontin. And all of this stuff is true. You know, it's really makes you sweat. You go to a very, 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 very dark place. And you have to pause and say, is this me thinking I'm doomed or is this the drugs? And it generally is the drugs. But I'll tell you, real housewives can really lift you in these moments. You really can rest on the wings of a Ramona Singer, of a Dorinda Medley. And they really make you feel like your life's together. I'm happy that you found some joy during such a dark time. And I'm happy that you were able to prove the arguments of books about the opioid crisis with your own experience. And I know that you did go through the surgery just for the purposes of being meta. And I think that that's really uh, brave. I was like the evidence. I need more evidence. I need it straight from the source. And you've heard it here, folks. Opioids are addictive. No, I, I was not addicted to them. I only felt the withdrawal effects. And it was very clear to me that if I was a factory worker in Virginia who had to get to work the next day, I would be like, I don't have time to really sweat my tits off and think about the world ending. So I'll just have to take another one. Do they offer you any alternative? Like, is there any alternative that you can take instead of Oxycontin or not really? Um, it's just the best in the biz, unfortunately. I mean, I've tried a lot of pain medication because my surgeries tend to be dramatic, but Oxy and I truly, you know, a few years ago when I started having surgeries, I really said, I don't really want to get on that train. I don't really want to go to O-Town as, um, some would say, yet you run out of options when it feels like a car is on your arm. Mm. And that one just happens to be uh the most uplifting much like the real housewives that's just the show that works you'd want to watch something more informative you you'd hope that you know you could get the same buzz out of an npr radio station but no i need to see bethany frankel jump into a pool topless in mexico in order to um feel some relief okay speaking of mexico have you been keeping up with Bachelor in Paradise, which we are recording the day before the finale, which airs tomorrow. But did you watch last week's episode? Yes. And it really is a show that means a lot to me at this point, unfortunately. So spoiler alert, fast forward if you haven't watched. But last episode ended with a prom party, which I love anything prom, anything nostalgic, anything that's kind of romantic. Love, 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 love. Everyone dresses up like it's 80s prom. The parties are all weird because there's no one there. So it's like a group of 10 people. It looks kind of um, bizarre. But Noah and Abigail, which is everyone's favorite couple, a day before the prom, Noah tells Abigail he loves her on a hammock. She freezes. She doesn't know what to say. Day after, it's prom. And it's almost like written. I mean, who knows what these producers are doing, but she's planning to say, I love you too. 
And he asks her to go talk and he tells her, like, I'm realizing you're not my person. And it is such a hard conversation to watch. He's crying. She's about to cry. It's really painful. It's like what the John Hughes movie, it has like a John Hughes movie vibe. And I'm just, again, was it the oxy withdrawal or was it the fact that no and Abigail broke up? I was sad for 24 hours about it. I, I wish I was kidding. And I even thought like, I wish I was stronger. I wish I was like Devin. Devin can watch a lot of reality TV and just keep going on with her day. But I truly fall apart. I just want to recall back to a time many episodes ago when I did voice my concerns that Noah and Abigail weren't actually going to last in the end. Stemming from the fact that he did seem like he was kind of like trying to force it no matter what from the beginning. I don't know if that's because he just wanted to like be on the show or if it's because he he really wants a girlfriend and he really liked the idea of her. So he wanted to like you know, he did come in like gunning for her, like he was only interested in Abigail and maybe he was too like set on that idea to really like listen to his feelings. Maybe he's a man, so he can't get in touch with his feelings at all, which tends to be the case. That's usually, yeah, up there. And she also did seem very avoidant. Like she did seem she wasn't ready to fully let him in either. So even though everyone kept being like, they're so cute, they're so cute. I was always reticent and I'm not that surprised. I know. I, I guess they have been cited since together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's the end. I, I totally agree with her. She handled it perfectly, but, and I agree with her that it's fucked up that he said he loved her. And then the next day did this at the same time, like I kind of understand where he's coming from in the sense that like, I have been in a place in a relationship where I've been like, okay, I want this to work so badly. Yes. But it's so clearly not working. So I'm just going to say this because it feels like the right thing to say, even though I don't mean it, because I don't know what else to do. And I'm too scared to be alone. And I also related to him. Like I have personally sobbed through breakups where the other person is the one being broken up with. And they're like, why are you upset? And I'm like, because I just hate like confrontation and disappointing people so much. So I related to that. But I do think that I also agree with her. It's like, to me, both sides are right, which I wouldn't say about anything besides this situation, by the way. <laughs> I um, have been broken up with before in a way that the other person I could tell felt was so dramatic. And for myself, I was just like, can we get this conversation over? Like, I know where this is going. The other person was like, I just think that maybe we should break up. It just feels like a movie moment. You're like, okay, are you enjoying this process right now? It reminds me, my friend once did this project where someone would give her a musician and she would name what kind of person will listen to this musician. And someone said the Counting Crows. And she said the kind of person that would leave a party in college and just talk to people drunkenly about how they have to break up with their ex at home. Like that kind of personality. Yeah. And it's that kind of vibe. It's like, I gotta just tell her the truth, man. Like, I was cracking up because when when Mari and Ken, Mari and Kenny got pulled oh, by that favorite Ruha, and Thomas was, like, watching them, and he kept saying, like, no, they're they're having, like, the best experience right now. Like, this is a really special thing. No, they're probably having one of the best experiences that anyone's had on this island. Like, no, this is, like, a really special thing. And I was like, these people are just on a beach watching each other's relationships and then engaging in their own. Like, it's like, that's all they do 24 seven. 
And so it's just like, it's just fascinating. Like then they all, whenever something happens, everyone compares it to their own relationship. I totally forget their names, but there was a couple that broke up and Marissa then started crying because she was like, wait, what if Riley and I break up? It's like, they're constantly just like, wait, so this just happened. So could this happen to me? Like if Noah and on a grand scale, everyone watching is like, okay, if Noah and Abigail can't make it, like, can me and my person make it? But on the island, it's that times like 10 million. They're all like, wait, so does that mean we're all fucked if they're fucked? Like, it's this very interesting dynamic. Well, I also think it's funny that all the couples keep saying, I think we're the strongest couple on the beach. We're one of the strongest couples on the beach. And if you did that at a party or something, like looking around the room, like I think we are one of the strongest couples at this party right now. It would be so weird and aggressive. (laughs) Um, Especially since it's not a competition show. It's literally a show just about like, who's going to get married. I love Mari and Kenny. I do actually think there's something special between them. Mari is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Kenny, I don't understand, never will, truly confused by everyone's obsession with him. But I did love that Kenny basically randomly told her after, you know, a few days before eating Mexican food off her naked body. A few days later, he takes her aside and is like, I just don't feel a passion from you. I don't understand. I don't know. And then she the next day says, like, I... I think I need some help connecting with Kenny. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a bruja priestess shows up. It's like, but it was, I was like, wow, this is so me right now. When instead of getting in more in touch with my emotions or figuring out what parts of me that I need to work on, I'm like, I think I need to hit the tarot deck with this one right now. I think I, I need to go see a healer about this. I um, know. I wish we man. all had... Uh... Thomas standing nearby during our <laughs> healing sessions going, no, this is really special. This is, this is probably one of the best experiences anyone's going to have on the beach. This is really, wasn't he like a villain? And now he's like so normalized because he's with Becca. I feel like that's not going to end well, but. I think he's taking this redemption story by the horns. He's obsessed with it. I don't think he's going to leave Becca. He's really, I've saw a teaser for tomorrow's episode. He's really forcing those tears. You really guys making themselves cry on these shows. is amazing. And, and, and that being said, I could tell that Noah's tears were real because I do think I agree with you. I think Noah really on his first date, he said, I could imagine being engaged to this girl. And I think the whole time she saw him as a friend. Now there are rumors that Dumois started, which are that Dale Moss, Claire Crawley's ex-fiance hooked up with Abigail then Claire basically posted a picture on Instagram almost right after that Dumois tip obsessed of her holding her mother's hand saying, I've been through surgery. My mom is in hospice. I'm just focusing on healing right now. All this stuff about like people. I I'm only here for people who care when the cameras are off all in capital letters. And she tags Abigail in the picture obsessed in every way. I love messy. I love the messiness of it. And Abigail quickly untags herself. Everyone, some people are saying they did hook up. Some people are saying they were on a break. Claire and Dale were on a break when they hooked up. I like Abigail and Noah, but I also have been in situations where I know it looks good. I know the situation looks good. And I know that it's not supposed to be. And I think that's a very painful place to be because I think half the time when I want to be in a relationship, I want it for the presentation. I'm sick of people asking me, like, if I'm meeting someone or anything like that. I I want I I like the way that love looks on me. 
And if that sounds shallow, it is kind of shallow. So I don't know what to tell you about that. But I have been in those situations that are hard to leave because you're like, well, this, why would I leave something that like is comfortable and looks good? Yeah. I want true romance. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The fact that you just talked about enjoying the messy is a great transition to our topic of the day. It's true. That is one Miss Elizabeth Holmes. Otherwise known as the founder of Theranos. So I just want to say that I have to credit, I'm in a group chat that started as a Vanderpump Rules group chat. So we call it About the Pasta and it's with my friends, uh, Lauren, Hallie, and Allison. 
Um, Don't know these people, but continue. That's totally fine. And it has, it has like evolved into, it was like about Vanderpump rules. And then it evolved into like, Hey, you guys like Vanderpump rules. You might also be interested in this. And one of those things is the Theranos case. And these three friends of mine all recommended to keep up with the two podcasts that are following the trial of Elizabeth Holmes. One of those podcasts is Bad Blood, um, the final chapter, and that is by John Carreyrou, who is the journalist who broke the case about the fraud at Theranos. How can you not think of Taylor Swift and hear her hook when you read that title? I think the thing is, if you Google John Carreyrou, you will see why Bad Blood, the song, wasn't something that came into it. Like, he doesn't look like the type that would be like, oh, but what about that Taylor Swift event? It wasn't just a song, it was an event because remember leading right. up to the VMA premiere, she kept like, Teasing like posting names. new people that were going to be in it. And Beth Jacobs, friend of the pod and biggest Taylor Swift stan I know, I'm actually going to a Harry Styles concert with her tonight. And she said at the time, she was like, okay, like she could have stopped before it got to like Mariska Hargitay. Like, it's like, really? She's in bad blood now. Like it started out with just Cindy Crawford shows up. Yeah, like, do you didn't even like, know her? Were you born when she was a model? Exactly. It's like, wait, this is like some weird bit now. Like we don't need these people. Like four of them, she's not friends with anymore. Yeah, but even if it's like okay. So if you're not really friends with like Cara Zendaya, Delaney, Carly Kloss, it's like that's fine though because it's like those are like models. I can see them being in like a video, but like. Jessica Alba? (laughs) Yeah, Jessica Alba, like, why? Like, that's not really... Anyway, so I dove myself back down deep into the Theranos trial. And by the way, the final straw that broke the camel's back of me wasting hours learning about this trial that has nothing to do with me was because Carolina sent me the text exchanges between Sonny and Elizabeth that were being read at the trial. And I was like, oh, shit, I actually have to, like, look deeper into this. No, that's why we need to bring her on, because listen, she's not just a fraudulent business entrepreneur and pathological liar. She's also one of us. She's a girl who falls in love. I think that we should read a couple of these texts out loud, because if I texted this to a guy and they were read in the court of law and then published by MSNBC news reporters to be read by the general public, I would not move countries. That simply would not be enough. Um, I would perhaps move underground. I would perhaps become a mole person in the subway system in New York. I would, you know, uh, find another lifestyle that wasn't here on planet Earth. Part of the purpose of the text being read in the trial is because Elizabeth's chosen line of defense in her criminal trial is called the Spengali defense. It's used when the person claims they were manipulated and influenced by a dominating harmful force and that they weren't really at fault because they were working to please someone else, usually like an abuser. Like I just listened to the You're Wrong About podcast episodes about the DC sniper. And I think that maybe was a Spengali defense where Lee, the younger man who committed many of the shootings, claimed that he was under the influence of John Muhammad, who did basically like abuse him and brainwash him and convince him to commit these crimes. So that's what Elizabeth is trying to 
claim that none of this was her idea, that it was basically all sunny and that she has uh, PTSD from their abusive relationship because she basically would have never done any of this stuff if Sunny hadn't convinced her to or abused her and manipulated her until she did it basically against her will. Okay. So I guess the Svengali defense is sort of the same that Manson followers could use or... Okay, great. So I, all I'll say about that is Elizabeth Holmes had this idea at Stanford. She was told at Stanford that it was not possible. And she still um, kept going because she's determined, question mark, or she's a liar, question mark, or she's both a determined liar. But these are the text messages that were read between her and Sonny while they were at Theranos. Elizabeth was thinking about you this morning, Sonny. We need to stay focused and vigilant. We are lazy and disorganized. That kind of reminds me of um, Devin when you were dating someone who likes to work out a lot. Yeah. Strong relate. Here's another um, exchange. Elizabeth, madly in love with you and your strength. Sunny, I am tired today. One of my faves. Elizabeth, we can never forget this year and we can never forget this tiger a pet name for him. Sonny. I know I am focused on it. We will execute this year. Elizabeth and for our kids, never forget who we are. My favorite exchange. Elizabeth, you are the breeze and desert for me. My water and ocean meant to be only together. Tiger. Sonny. Okay. (laughs) My family was talking about it. We were talking about those scenes in law and order when the lawyers are like, you should, you should just sign this deal. Like, I feel like my lawyer would be like, you do not want people to know how you talk to your boyfriend. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Go to prison, go to prison. My favorite text from her to him is my new life as of this night and forevermore total confidence in myself, best business person of the year. Focus, details, excellence. Don't give what anyone thinks. Engage employees in meetings by stories and making it about them, i.e. prepare well. That's like the beginning of every um, middle school, high school year when I was like, okay, this year I am using my folder organizer, okay? Organize excellence. (laughs) It's like she's either talking Shakespearean language where she's like my forevermore sunlight on the lake or she's like not making any sense and saying like excellence organization perfect business person if i receive a sexual partner my new life as of this night and forevermore colon total confidence in myself best business person of the year focus details excellence don't give what anyone thinks engage employees in meetings like I just would be like, I don't even know where to start. And I think that's how Sonny was also feeling because he didn't respond. And then Elizabeth said, no response, question mark. Oh, she's killing me. (laughs) (laughs) No response, question mark. And then Sonny responded, awesome, period. You are listening and paying attention, dot, dot, dot. Which reminds me of when my therapist, whenever I text my therapist, she uses ellipses and it like really disconcerts me because I'll be like, hey, can I reschedule for like the 15th time this like month to have our appointment on a different day? And she'll be like, that's fine, dot, dot, dot. No. He's like, <laughs> you are listening and paying attention, dot, dot, dot. I love that texting style. That's like crazy, crazy, insane thing. And then no response, question mark? Like, why what? aren't you responding? 
I have been much like Nick Cannon, uh, celibate for a while. I haven't been going out on dates. A part of this is a mixture of not wanting to and not wanting to, um, you know, risk COVID or the Delta variant or whatever and going through surgeries. Listen, I'm not that dateable right now. And so you can understand after reading, hearing what we're saying about Elizabeth Holmes, knowing what you know of her, hearing now her language via text, that is disconcerting to hear that she is actually um, happily engaged. Um, they always are. They always are, aren't they? Aren't they? They always are. And I mean, even like one of the Manson, speaking of Manson, even one of the Manson followers is married. Oh, no, th- literally, they all are. Like every <laughs> single major criminal is married or in a relationship. They have absolutely no trouble. The thing that's frustrating to me about Elizabeth, and it always has been, is and I feel like it's almost fitting that Jennifer Lawrence might be playing her in a movie because I feel similarly with Jennifer Lawrence where I'm like what am I missing this woman is talked about in like documentaries and podcasts Elizabeth Holmes as being like the most manipulative like if people can see into her eyes she asked to not wear a mask in her trial so that the jury could like look at her face and be like betwixt like <laughs> bewitched by her now that she's not wearing bizarre like winged eyeliner with like dried red lipstick and a black turtleneck horribly knotted bun i do think elizabeth like looks better than ever but i still am not really like it's i could not spend more than five minutes with a person who uses a fake voice like i would just be like that's yeah shut the fuck up you are fucking lying you are a liar stop 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 she makes me so mad and she's like the way she like laughs like all the interviews they play where people are like so you are one of the most revolutionary scientists of our time and she's like i mean yeah i don't sleep there's one interview they play where they're like do you own a television which is just like honestly america's news media great job you are doing great thank you for your hard and thoughtful work but a quote-unquote journalist asked her do you own a tv and she's like <laughs> no i don't have time to own a tv i just go to work and go and i was like you are the worst kind of person you're the worst kind of person i wouldn't follow you anywhere i wouldn't follow you anywhere i wouldn't invest in you for shit i'm glad all these rich people invest in you and are losing their money they deserve it because you are not charming at all and you are full of yourself you're full of shit and I just feel like men, it's like this biological thing where it's like men just don't have like a radar for people who agree. are dangerous because biologically they didn't have to. Or a radar in general for like a lot of social situations. In fact, I have had more, I told you so moments with men than any woman I know, because usually any other woman is like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I clocked that like five minutes after you did or five minutes before. Yep. Also, it reminds me of the fact that when Elizabeth was at Stanford, she pitched her idea for Theranos to her female professor there. And her female professor said, there's absolutely no way for this to work. It just won't work. There's, it's scientifically impossible for this to work. And then she pitched it to a male professor there. And her male professor not only said it will work, but he said, I will follow you into the dark. Quits his job at, as a tenured professor at Stanford follows her to Theranos where he makes $500,000 a year until, you know, the company goes bankrupt and, um, you know, the past 
X number of years in his life turns out to be for naught. But the voice is really disconcerting. I mean, anyone who fakes any kind of accent or has any sort of affect. And again, I'm I'm saying this knowing that someone commented on our podcast saying that I have a vocal fry. I'm not that happy about that. I am kind of concerned about that. But, you know, I, what can I do? I'm at least I'm not um, talking like this. <laughs> and Elizabeth, unlike Nick Cannon and myself, is going out there. She does have a fiance named Billy Evans. He's not just a guy. He is a heir to a hotel fortune who all sounds like a complete uh, a douchebag. And as his classmates attested to is loves attention, specifically loves being in the Daily Mail, loves fast cars, loves Lamborghinis. So it makes sense that if you're a kind of person who believes that loud cars are impressive or that daily mail headlines are something to be sought after, you know, you'll probably be fine with dating a um, white collar criminal. And not only are they married now, but whereas usually criminals like to hide before trials, I'll use the Sacklers since we mentioned them as an example. They hate being in headlines. They do not like their name being anywhere. They actually hide behind the Purdue Pharma name and in the past like a hundred years, one of them has given an interview. Elizabeth Holmes, however, went to Burning Man with her fiance this year where she dressed up, they had a ball and he posted about her constantly on social media. Now, here's the thing. I actually have craved partners to post about me in social media. I'm not proud of that necessarily, but you know, you want someone to sort of pump you up. But Billy Evans... Hotel heir and husband to Elizabeth will post about her on Instagram saying, and I quote, I will love you forever, whatever happens till I die. And then he'll give quotes from Rumi, Plato, Shakespeare, Albert Einstein, Langston Hughes, Teddy Roosevelt, Confucius, Bill Gates. Like he just, I mean, and that point it becomes repulsive and like stomach turning. Can I, can I ask, what has Bill Gates said that is applicable to their relationship? I'm curious. Bill Gates said something about dream big and don't let people have small ideas for you or, or dream past people's boundaries for you, which it's kind of funny because he's obviously saying that and it's directed at, you know, people who believe that she's a fraudulent person but she objectively is like the company does not work and she knew about it and there's way too much data i mean people are convinced that she's going to prison and she actually had a baby recently which mazel tov but prosecutors in the case actually predicted that she would get pregnant because it's a good way to try to get some sympathy from the jury Yeah, John Carreyrou had an interesting point about this on his podcast, Bad Blood, where he said it kind of could go either way with the jury, because on the one hand, they could think like, oh, she's a mother. I don't want to send a mother to prison. On the other hand, they could think what kind of person would have a baby when they know they might be going to jail for many years. Like they, they know they won't be available to parent the child, you know, so I do feel sorry for the baby. I feel I feel most sorry in this situation for the victims of 
theranosis, faulty testing that told people they had a miscarriage that when they didn't, that they were pregnant when they weren't, that they had HIV when they didn't. Um, but I also feel sorry for this child and for Balto, who is the husky dog that Elizabeth and Billy yeah. own, because first of all, really, you're going to name your fucking husky Balto in 2020? Justice for Balto. And as far as Billy, I just feel like they deserve each other. I was worried for his family because I kept thinking, like, what if, like, someone in my family was like, so this is my new fiance, and it was Elizabeth Holmes. Like, obviously, yes, I would be stimulated beyond belief in terms of, like, this is going to change my life. I'm fascinated. I'm so obsessed with this. But I would be devastated that a psychopath was manipulating my loved one. Then I find out that they all deserve each other because the first day of jury selection, a man is there with a baseball hat on and he's loudly like eating a rice crispy and talking and saying things. He says, my name's Hanson, um, that he fixes up old cars and he like starts spreading things like people are being paid to be here and people don't know the truth about Elizabeth and these are all lies. And he says, <laughs> do I know her? Does anyone know her? What does it even mean to know someone these days? He said Fair. he was a concerned citizen interested in the trial. Turns out he is her father-in-law, Shelly <laughs> Evans' father. So when he said, do I know her? Does anyone know her? The answer would be yes, yes, <laughs> yes, sir. Also, the fake name he chose was Hanson, which I just yes. think is like, couldn't you ju have just said like Stu or something? Like Hanson it just sounds like a fake name. I also love that he said he fixes up old cars. Like you can see the gears in his head being like, what does a poor person do? What does an average person do? I just work on old cars. That's where I get my money working at the auto shop. Yeah, it's like he wants. Yeah, this is like who he would be if he wasn't a hotel magnet. He would work on Porsches. Yeah. I want you. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The fact that, as I read in articles, Elizabeth Holmes goes to like Sunset Tower in West Hollywood, with, has a table with friends at it, laughing it up, having a good time. It really makes me crazy. And that goes the same with just going to Burning Man, wearing a goofy outfit. I mean, going to Burning Man in general is a red flag, but wearing a silly outfit, throwing a wig on, having your boyfriend post a quote about from Confucius or Langston Hughes about your love. It all just lacks any idea of what you look like. And that's what keeps me up at night. The hardest thing is that we could never shame her because she doesn't care. Like she's not capable of it. And that's what's enraging. Like I just. That's how I feel about Ivanka Trump. I feel that all the time about Ivanka Trump. I'm like, I know you're embarrassed. All you care about is looking a certain way. Why can't I force shame upon you? Why can't you just look at your life and be like, I've been defending a sex offender that hits on me all the time who also happens to be my father day in day out defending a racist sexist homophobic administration and stealing from the country why why can't you just see that we all know what a pos you are i mean i think she knows now because she's off social media and um, she moved to florida you know which is a sort of surrender to itself when you move to florida like okay i know i'm a piece of shit i'm doing it I'm going where the rest of the poop is. (laughs) Yeah. This is all to say that when I was withdrawing from Oxy, when I felt like the world was um, closing in on me, when I was sweating, getting the chills, having doomsday thoughts. And Devin said, I think we should do our next podcast episode on Elizabeth Holmes. Take a listen to these podcasts. And, and, you know, I started listening. I thought my life is actually not so bad. Yes, I'm single, but I'm not dating a fucking turd like Billy Evans. 
yes, I worked on a work project for two years that may not see the light of day, but you know, I'm not going to prison for fraud. I didn't accidentally tell someone they had HIV when they didn't, you know? And so, yes, this all comes back to me. This all comes back to me feeling good, but I think we really need to focus on people who have ruined their reputation when we feel like shit. I feel like we, we really need to, um, read things that make us feel better about ourselves. This is all me saying, I guess, that I like being petty. Being petty is healthy sometimes. Yeah, I think I would encourage everyone to listen to the episode called Ebola on John Kerry's Bad Blood podcast, just in case you, you, you are not sure that Elizabeth Holmes is one of the most trash humans alive. You should just give that a listen. I also recommend you like and subscribe to our podcast and maybe throw us a five-star review and maybe just say something nice about my voice. I also think that we've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. We've, we've tried enough times to give white men a chance to do the right thing. They just can't do it. They literally simply cannot do it. I mean, General Mattis, fucking. Oh God. George Schultz, Bill Clinton, Joe Biden, all these white men that were swindled by Elizabeth Holmes. It's just, they can't, they can't do the right thing. So we need to change our expectations on that. Well, I am staying away from them until 2022, all men. And it'll be hard, but I think I can do three more months. Good luck with that. What if you run into Justin Thoreau at the coffee Ooh. shop? I mean, I have to shoot my shot, you know? This is a conditional arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. If you are not Elizabeth Theranos, I promise you, you are having a good day. Catch you next time. Love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 